0: Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Friday, December 2nd edition of the Basement Academy. As we wrap up our week, let's begin with the morning psalm. Psalm 2 has some very strong language with it. Psalm 2 reads this, Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Let us break their chains, they say, and throw off their fetters. The one enthroned in heaven laughs, the Lord scoffs at them. Then he rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will proclaim the decree of the Lord. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask of me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You will rule them with an iron scepter. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Therefore, you kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son lest he be angry and you be destroyed in your way for his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Mm. Psalm 1 advocates for the meditation on God's word. Psalm 2 advocates for embracing Messiah, the anointed one, the Christ, the, the king, the king of Israel so the reality that the nations gather against israel david and you know throughout the the centuries of of israel but blessed are all who take refuge in him in in messiah okay um another random thought to close out the week uh as many of you know and perhaps many of you participated in the five-week class that uh, judge Roland van brookhoven and myself uh, co-led uh, on christian nationalism uh, we started it prior to the election we wrapped it up a couple weeks ago just after the election and we were all over the place because the topic is all over the place that's one of the challenges right now um, We observed that over the recent months and weeks leading up to the election, the the drumbeat of concern over Christian nationalism was growing and growing and growing, uh, showing up in newscasts and articles and blogs and the like. And so, you know, a number of folks, uh, we were surprised by the number of people who came. We'll say it that way. But we believe that's the case because you are hearing the same kinds of things and reading the same kinds of things that, that, that we were. Generally, the term Christian nationalism is a term of criticism. It's a term of concern, right? Um, you are being warned, or the, the public is being warned against Christian nationalism, generally speaking, okay? And so, uh, nearly universally so, the voice of concern against christian nationalism is coming from one side of the ideological spectrum generally speaking from the ideological left the, the progressive camp That the problem is the term sounds clear we know what christians are and nationalism sounds a little bit like patriotism but it's maybe not um, so it sounds clear, but it's anything but. There is this wide range of uh, ways that, that the term was being used. Uh, it, it was used to describe those who would advocate uh, doing away with the separation of church and state, making America into a theocracy, okay? That is, the church and state are one and the same, that Christianity would be declared the official religion of the United States of America, and that our laws would be drawn very explicitly from the scriptures, not, you know, basically concerned for fairness, etc., and justice, but specifically drawn from the scriptures, okay? So that's kind of theocracy on one side, which is you know the the equivalent in the Muslim world would be like Sharia law, right? You know the Quran tells you the laws of the Quran are the laws of the nation, and so it it was used. You know there are some people who do believe that. It's a very small small number of people, <clears throat> but then Christian nationalism has has some you know kind of a another way of looking at it, and it's those who kind of want the United States to be kind and loving towards your neighbors, and we want to be fair, and we want to have concern for the poor and the outcast, the, the, the quartet of the vulnerable, as I've talked about. You know, let's be concerned uh, for racism. Uh, we don't want to see people oppressed, and I and I think of that as a Christian. I'm a Christian, and I I think that way, and I vote that way, and I want our nation to be um, kind and gentle and compassionate and gracious, and welcome the immigrant and the, And so, is that Christian nationalism also? Because I, I believe that way because I'm a Christian. I'm just trying to vote my conscience and, and others say, you know, I want there to be limited access to abortion if, you know, some want no access, but or limited access to abortion. We want to protect the life of, of children in the womb. We want marriage to be a man and woman. And so, you know, there's a spectrum when you talk about Christian nationalism from the hardline believers who think it should be theocracy and this should be a Christian nation and that's the only religion that should be promoted and advocated openly by the government. I personally don't know anybody like that. There are folks out there, but I don't know anybody. I know a lot of folks who are concerned for you know abortion and marriage and what's happening in our schools and you know but i know a lot of folks who are concerned about racism and economic equality and poverty and the like and so i, I know more for, i don't i would never call those christian nationalists um Uh, The Washington Post put an article together uh, reflecting on a a recent Pew Research Center survey that was done prior to the election. Okay, and I just want to read just a few few sections here. So the headline is nearly half of Americans think U.S. should be a Christian nation, poll finds. So nearly half of Americans think this should be a Christian nation. But, the, but the, the, the secondary headline, but Pew respondents differed widely in describing what that term might mean. So that if you only see the headline, you're going, oh my gosh, we're being overrun by these radical weirdos who want to do away with the separation of church and state. And ah, you know, but the respondents differ widely in describing what that term might mean. So this is where the media starts to shape perception. And I think this article is trying to do that. So let me read a little bit of the article. Close to half of Americans say the United States should be a Christian nation. One of several striking findings from a sweeping new Pew Research Center survey examining Christian nationalism. See, it inserts the word striking. It's a striking finding. What's so striking about that? Okay. But researchers say respondents differed greatly when it came to outlining what a Christian nation should look like suggesting a wide spectrum of beliefs. That's better. Folks don't, you know, we're not all agreed on, on what that means. There are a lot of Americans, 45%, who tell us they think the United States should be a Christian nation. That's a lot of people, said Greg Smith, one of the lead authors of the survey. But what people mean when they say they think the U.S. should be a Christian nation is really quite nuanced. So, they're trying to get at this. So so lead with that is what I would prefer. Christian nationalism has become a trending topic in midterm election campaigns with extremists and even members of Congress, such as Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, identifying with the term, and other Republicans, such as uh, Republican uh, Representative Lauren Boebert. Uh, and Pennsylvania gubernatorial candidate Doug Mastriano expressing open hostility to the separation of church and state. Okay, so, so it lifts this up now. Pew findings released Thursday suggest the recent surge in attention paid to Christian nationalism has had an effect on Americans, although some suggested that politicians may be staking out positions to the right of those who merely say America should be a Christian nation okay? I used to think it was a positive view, that is, Christian nation, but now with the MAGA crowd, I view it as racist, homophobic, anti-women, read one response to a survey question, okay? So, the the article goes on. Um, Yeah, it's, it's, it's a decent article. I mean, it's informative, okay? So, so here, here's the thing, you know, so uh, Rollin and I spent five weeks talking about it. We, we didn't get our hands around it m- much at all. There, there's so much there. Um, <clears throat> I have very little concern for a radical fringe of people, Christian or otherwise, who, who, who believe that Christianity should be the official uh, religion of the nation. That, that is not going to happen. Okay. It's just not going to happen. There's no threat there. Anybody who says otherwise is trying to do something else. Okay. Are there people who believe that? Yes. But is there also a communist party in the United States? And do they always put up a candidate for president? Yes. We live in a free country. We have a first amendment, right? (laughs) If you meet the qualifications to run for president, you can run for president, you know? You could believe in a spaghetti monster as God, right? I mean, there's this whole flying spaghetti monster thing, the atheists, atheists can run for president, right? Atheists can run for Congress. So th- this is not a concern, okay? Are there, I think what's going on is people are responding to, to a perceived change in our society. Have we been predominantly, is Christianity the predominant religion in America? Yes. And so people are shaped by the values and truths of Scripture, of loving your neighbor, of welcoming the outcast, of believing there is a God, and believing in Jesus. But and there are churches on every corner, right? But to say that Christian nationalism is a threat, is there's something else going on here. Uh, The article points out that as the survey goes deeper, a majority of Republicans versus Democrats lean in that direction. So Republicans and Republican leaners are the ones who advocate for this being more of a Christian nation, Democrats and Democrat leaners are less uh, interested in that. So it's something like uh, 67% of Republicans versus 29% of Democrats. So now we start to get somewhere. And and, and other polls and other research indicates this, that generally speaking, more Republicans are adhering to faith in any regard, but particularly Christian faith. And, um, people who no longer go to church or any faith community, the, the, the ranks of Democrats are, are more filled that way, okay? So the concern about Christian nationalism is being raised by what I believe, this is just my opinion, believed to be a tilting, a leftward-leaning media, okay? Advocacy journalism is on the rise. The journalist is not reporting the facts there they're advocating for an interpretation of the facts. So it's a striking finding to find that 45% of, of Americans want this to be a Christian nation. Why is it striking? That's just a fact, just report the facts. Don't interpret that, okay? So the Post article is even interpreting it. We should be, oh, you know, alarmed that that many people. Ah, and so we're getting somewhere there are folks who are hostile towards the faith. (laughs) They do not wish the influence of Christianity or any other religion to be had on this society. And so our our, our society is changing. It is speeding up. Technology has influenced. There are uh, broader understandings of what marriage is, broader understandings of how we think about Uh, Male and female, and gender and identity and the like. Okay. And so there are those who are advocating for a broadening of that. They believe that is what's best. And so, you know, they're free to do that. Okay. But we need to be aware that that is what's happening. And so I think in general, what's going on is you've got folks who are concerned about what seems to be a fraying of our society or a disordering of our society. Now, in general, do I want to live in an ordered society, an orderly society, or a disordered and disorderly society? Well, generally speaking, I'm going to choose order. <laughs> and I'm going to prefer an order that I'm comfortable with, right? And so I think that's more of what's happening there. You've got folks who've gone to church, you know, older folks in general, you know, um, because younger folks aren't going to church as much. And so you have an older, more churched population who are observing their world changing. And they're concerned about that. They're not sure it's good. And so they're yearning for a simpler time that they remember from their childhood when you went to church and you went to school and generally you minded the teachers And shenanigans were, you know, being caught smoking in the boys' room. You know, now the the issues that schools are facing are so much more radical, so much more difficult. You know, teachers and others are facing so much challenge. And so I think you've got folks who are just sensing a disordering of our society, a fraying, a falling apart. And so, well, if we can just get back to the simpler ways, let's all go to church. Let's all try to love our neighbor. Let's all be kind and fair. Let's all be honest in our dealings and things will be better. I think it's something like that, okay? And so I think the concern about Christian nationalism is a bit of a boogeyman. I think it is being lifted up in advance of an election to try to influence and sway that election. Knowing that Because the people who write these articles and the media know that the research indicates generally the more religious you are, you're going to lean a little bit more in the Republican direction. Generally, okay, I'm not not trying to impugn anybody's motives or faith at all. But generally speaking, the more religious you are, the more conservative you will be. The less religious you are, the more progressive or liberal you'll be, generally speaking. And so the, the concern for Christian nationalism and you know, the threat to democracy and the tearing down of the wall of, of separation of church and state is crazy. <laughs> I mean, this, this is not going to happen. I'll stop there for that. I think there's more to, more to talk about. I think the real threat is the way in which we hold our neighbors in our hearts. The real issue, as Christians in particular, now I'm speaking to Christians, right, is how we view our neighbor. This is back to our discipleship amid disagreement. Am I going to be like Cain and look at my brother or another as a threat, as an enemy, and I'm going to try to remove them? Am I going to be like the Pharisees? If you don't do it our way, then we need to remove you. You, know, you need to get out of here. And so... Are we our brothers keepers or not? And so if we're Christian, we heed the teaching of Jesus who taught us to love one another as Christians so our love will transcend political differences, even deep political differences. We love our fellow Christians, okay? We love our neighbors, okay? Those whom we may not know their faith, but we love them, we care for them, we support them, we sacrifice to them. The good Samaritan went out of his way, right? and we love our enemies too. And so we love one another, we love our neighbor, and we love our enemies. If we are to be the disciples and followers and apprentices of Jesus, then we will commit ourselves to these. These, I believe, are the deeper issues. Well, that doesn't sell papers, that doesn't sell advertising, and that doesn't influence elections. But crying out against Christian nationalism, these Christians are a threat to our society, that sells, and that influences, okay? And so that's a little bit of my take. So Christian nationalism, I think it's more of a boogeyman. I think it's invented. Yes, there are some folks, who, but but there, there's, there's no significant number of them that is going to make a difference in our society and change the way we do life. But is there concern that if we... Our love grows cold towards one another. As If Christians stop loving one another, if Christians stops loving their neighbors, and if Christians stop loving their enemies, are there concerns ahead? Absolutely. That's the greater issue. And so as your pastor, brother, and friend, let me invite you to recommit to the teachings of Jesus, to love one another, to love your neighbors yourself, and to even love your enemies. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you uh, for this day. Thank you for this opportunity that I have to speak to these issues. Lord, guard me and uh, forgive me from anything I've said that is unhelpful, unkind, unwise, untrue. Uh, But may your Spirit cause to abide in our hearts the truth, especially the teachings of Jesus, the call to love, Help us to live wise as serpents and innocent as doves in these very difficult and challenging days. And help us to live uh, as good citizens of the kingdom of God and of uh, the United States of America. And so, Father, we uh, pray for our nation, pray for ourselves, pray for our communities, uh, even as Jesus taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May God give you a noble, brave, kind, compassionate heart to love one another, to love your neighbor and to love your enemy this day and forevermore. Amen.